0: Hello and welcome to the lineup of the, the yeah. True Blue LA edition, or is it True Blue LA podcast? The lineup edition? What should I say? Should I just say I believe, the lineup?
1: Let's. I think let's. You look, You can't get me to not say
0: True Blue we, LA podcast.
1: We should be speaking definitively about this, but
0: oh. <laughs> let's let's just say it's. No, I want the listeners in on this argument.
1: No, no, no exactly right. I, I think I think it's the lineup with uh, True Blue LA, right? Oh, okay. I think that makes the most sense.
0: Okay. Well, welcome to
1: that. Yep. It's a Dodgers podcast. You're leading off, which is the daily episode that I host since you intro this one. So I'm confused now. (laughs) Oh, man. Now that is very confusing.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, I I still get to do the intro here, even though I still haven't decided what to call it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh you know we're right real seasons you know we're the eyes look towards the end of it now uh yep. and we're kind of in that, that that really final stretch we've got some good news and bad news uh in dodgers fear but they uh regardless of bad news keep on keep on winning so we'll talk about the news uh involving walker bueller a little bit of news with max muncie wait we've what, got, <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? i should be on top of this this is my job <laughs> Uh, We've got questions from Craig we're going to answer all of that after this.
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So
0: should we start with good news or bad news?
1: Uh, so welcome back to the batting order with True Blue LA. <laughs> we're just going to keep...
0: And yeah, given the Dodgers let's... this year, shouldn't we be like the the back third or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they've gotten uh, a lot of... Um production from like seven through nine, pretty much all year, including uh, Wednesday night when we're recording this. Uh, it's It seems like um, the Dodgers started a certain inning well before we started recording, and they're still batting in that inning right now. So uh, <laughs> fun times. But yeah, let's, let's go with the bad news first. Why not? Um, so uh, I believe, yeah, last week we talked about, well, Walker Buehler is going to miss the 2022 season, but he's having surgery and they don't know exactly for what. Like, yeah. it's just elbow surgery. <laughs> god dang it alexa are i forgot to tell you you know a lineup is nine deep and like alexa bats eight for us so we didn't even say the name so i don't know why why she chimed in that's that's rude you look you're talking alexa shut up all right we're keeping that in because that's hilarious anyway um, so we we talked last week about like the uncertainty right like we know it's elbow surgery. We know he's out for the year. A little cagey that they're like, well, we're not exactly sure what it's going to be until they go in. I think they were just, you know, I am I will say I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt in that they didn't know maybe the severity of it. But it, it was obviously going to be something major. And then so they go in uh, Tuesday uh, this week uh, and had the surgery and Bueller had flexor tendon repair and Tommy John surgery, which was his the latter, which was his second. Uh, he also had seven years ago coming out of college, so it's a huge bummer. So he's not only out for 2022, but basically not he's not going to be pitching uh, for until 2024, and that's a huge, huge bummer. Um,
0: yeah, I think the, the language around it is coached with the who knows maybe next year, but it would take a pretty right. remarkable recovery.
1: Yeah, even, like, if someone's on their, like, first Tommy John and and you're a starter, you're, like, looking at 15 months, right? Like, yeah. at, at a maybe 14 if you're, like, super quick. And, and this is Bueller's second. Like, so, yeah, that's just not happening, right? Like, so, yeah, I think also if you factor in the, the fact that it's now and then even if, if, say, 15 months or, I guess, let's say quicker 14 months is, like, October next year ready, but you're not going to, like... Have a guy's first game be in the playoffs, right? But, like, even if you factor that in, then you add in, like, the full offseason, then you have a time to actually, like, go through the progression of the rehab, and you're not rushing it, and you're just, you're making sure everything's right. Then you go into the offseason, and then you're, like, you you're sort of eyeing towards 2024. I mean, I'm sure that's what they're going to say. Like, I, they're, you know, who knows how they're going to word it or whatever, but it's pretty clear he's not pitching next year. And that is a huge bummer. I, I talked about, um, what that sort of means for 2023 uh the rotation I guess uh, on the leading off episode on Thursday morning but like that I mean you know it's it's we kind of all know what it is like you have urias uh, Gonsolin and Dustin May are the definites Kershaw's a free agent uh but I'm, I'm sure they're gonna do everything in their power to resign him um, Tyler Anderson is a free agent who probably gets a qualifying offer (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. and and like and you that's amazing in its own right but also is well within his rights to decline it (laughs) like because he's he's a good free agent now like and then andrew heaney as well as a free agent so like they they got a lot of question marks going into the offseason but that's for future podcast time
0: uh yeah that's just ruin it's a it's a long off season man we we, we got got a lot of episodes to fill yeah
1: Yeah, so i don't know but i mean we we sort of talked about like the Uh, last the 2022 part was at least mitigated by Dustin May coming back somewhat, and he did look good. Uh, May started in between last week's podcast and now, and he was great. Um, and so that's encouraging. Um, but yeah, it's a huge bummer, obviously. But uh, I'm sure we'll have more plenty of time to talk about Bueller um later. Uh, the one another sort of um comeback from injury, although the timeline is a little bit shrunken on this, but uh, Max Muncie. Uh, he hurt his elbow last day of last season, missed the entire playoffs, tore UCL, ended up not having surgery, but like went into the season and uh, struggled mightily in the first four months. Um, got a little bit of his power back, but he was still having trouble making contact. He fixed something in his swing. And in August, he's basically been like as good as he's ever been. Um, so that's been good. But then like out of nowhere, um, on, what was that? Monday, I guess, uh, Max Muncy, uh, the Dodgers had a club option on Muncy for next year for thirteen and a half million, and they just signed him for that amount for next year. But also added a twenty twenty four option, club option for ten million that he could increase up to fourteen million. So Muncy gets a little bit of security. Um, the Dodgers just lock in. I mean, they were going to pick up his option anyway. They were they were playing him every day when he was not playing well. <laughs> like so, they they obviously had faith he was going to turn things around. I don't think it was a surprise of the 2023 part, but at least, and now, and like, if you look at it from the Dodger standpoint, like, of course they're going to like do that. And then they, they sort of get potentially like if Muncie's still really good next year, they get him at like a, a really reasonable rate for 2024 if they want to. And, and they're not locking themselves into that. So like, it's kind of a good thing all around. Muncie obviously wanted to stay. So that was part of it. Um, yeah. So I don't know that, that was, they've done three of these, um, this year, uh, Blake Trinan got his option picked up, plus another uh, conditional option added. Austin Barnes signed a two-year extension. So they're just kind of, you know, you never know when these things sort of happen. They, they tend to, on free agents at least, they tend to wait till like, free agency to solve stuff. Or I guess Mookie Betts signed, like, before the season, the day before the season in 2020. But um, you rarely see these things in season, so it's always, like, a nice little surprise to, to sort of get that. I don't know. It felt kind of weird.
0: The Dodgers are only, uh, uh, not counting uh, today, Wednesday's game, uh, uh, six and four over the last 10. I was looking at reg- uh, standing stuff for for my notes uh, just now. But it, it feels like they're on this sort of extreme winning streak, and I think a lot of that has to do with how they have won when they've won, which, is, again, is still quite quite often, and against who they've done it with. Again, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and then if you look at it, so like you're right, six and four, right? In the that included a loss on Monday night. They came into this series against the Brewers, um, having won. Uh, it was, I think, uh, forty of the last fifty, um, and like thirty nine and eight. So they were they were like a sweep away from joining the um, 2013 42 and eight group, and then um, in twenty seventeen they were forty three and seven. I know. There, there was there's other streaks, but like it, it was those 50 game streaks sort of stood out, and I guess if the Dodgers win on uh, Wednesday when we're recording and it just judging by the game, they they look like they very much will, um, then they'll be uh, 41 and nine over that stretch. So just a, a ridiculous stretch. They their winning percentage uh, was 700 when they won Sunday. They then they if they win two out of three against the Brewers, their winning percentage goes down, which is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, they're, they're just winning. They're winning a lot. But yeah, like you said, against, against who they did it, like they did the, they played this, we're in the middle of this like two week stretch where they just play the Brewers and Marlins and they faced Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns last week in Milwaukee. They lost both of those games. Although with Burns, like he shut them down for five innings and they got to him in the sixth, but they were already down like five, nothing when they started rallying and they didn't win. And then, like, so, you know, there's the the worry. I guess the worry, I, I don't know if it's worry, but, like, just the concern. How are they going to do against good pitching in the playoffs, right? Like, is this going to carry over? And then Sunday, Sandy Alcantara, who's, like, pretty clearly the favorite, I think, for the National League Cy mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, like, a lock or anything, but he has, like, uh, I think tw- uh, it, the other day it was, like, something like 17 or 20 more innings than anyone else in the majors. He had a uh, come, come into Sunday with 192 ERA like 50 innings more than Tony Gonsolin, who was second. Um, And then the Dodgers uh, chased him in the fourth inning and got six runs off of him. Uh, And then um, uh, in between, Julio Urias, six innings, one run Monday. Tony Gonsolin, five innings, one run Tuesday. And also in that Tuesday game, the Dodgers knocked out Burns in the fourth, and they scored seven off of him. So, like, it, they went, uh, like, Tony Gonsolin is now, again, leading the league in ERA, as he did for a good portion of the pre-All-Star break run. Uh, Julio Urias is third. Uh, and then if you look, like, Tyler Anderson's fifth, uh, 273, which, again, this has been a ridiculous year, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's hard to explain. I Like, it doesn't, I can't, I have a hard time fathoming a team winning this much. Like, I know they're really good, right? They basically won two-thirds of their games, Going back almost four full seasons, or I guess, and I say four full seasons because twenty twenty was a shortened year, but like they they go back into a good portion of twenty eighteen, having won two thirds of their games, and th- like that's ridiculous. Like you, you, that just doesn't happen. Like so, I just have a, it's just it's crazy. Like and then you know, and then there's a thing. Well, oh, well, it doesn't matter if they unless they win in the playoffs. It, oh, it kind of does because you're you know, you can't really watch six months seven months of a baseball season if you're just going to be like mad with one outcome in october like mm-hmm. what are you doing at that point but i don't know so i just i'm trying to find make sure like sort of appreciate exactly what they're doing because it sure beats the alternative i guess
0: that said despite that october shouldn't be everything we're appreciating uh, especially a sport as long as baseball uh you know it, it's a ride right around the corner where it's september and what a week is that right that can't be right. That's, Hold that on. seems
1: that seems remarkable. no 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 a,
0: a week and a day now for uh, westerners. It of course, will be less than a week, before, but but right. still. I'm holding on to the fact that I have at least another day.
1: <laughs> assuming assuming this podcast goes up Thursday, the, it'll be a bare-naked lady situation for the listeners. Because and one interesting one thing
0: about you mentioned them winning so much over the last few years is how – obviously, last year was an exception just because of how winning the Giants were, but how uh, – in 2018 as well. But how frequently like September is this, kind of the the prep work for October – month um yeah. rosters get expanded granted not as much as they used to and you really it kind of becomes dialing in on, on on the final roster spots and prior to the it's interesting prior to this year it was also ooh, where how are they going to position are they going to have home field uh, and then obviously last year was going to be are they a wild card or not but with the change to the uh playoff system the top two seeds now in the in either league is really what you're fighting for, and they seem to have that locked up.
1: Yeah, they. Um, the you get a, a buy, which so the season ends on October fifth. The uh, both league, both division series start on the eleventh. So you get five full days off. I I think normally under the old system, it was season ends on Sunday. The latest division series starts Friday, so at most you get four days off if you're like a division winner or whatever but now so like the cardinals lead the central and uh, i am i'm doing the worst in a uh, i'm making an ass out of you and me by assuming but assuming the dodgers win this one they'll have a 15 and a half game lead over the cardinals yeah uh, and 16 games in the loss column for the third seed which means they again that that's a lock for for having a bye um so and they play the the 2 seed next week the mets so that'll be That'll be fun, but yeah, September like is about sort of uh, getting your ducks in a row, pers- in, a, in a way. Uh, I guess the two pitching ducks that they're gonna add. gonna <laughs> keep going with. Um, uh, the, I guess the the next two are gonna be uh, Clayton Kershaw and Blake Trinan. I would imagine both right around when September happens. Now, Robert Dave Roberts the other day was pretty definitive that. Uh, he he said September 2nd for Blake Trinan He's been obviously out since April um, He is uh, Going to end up being In Oklahoma City for a little over Two weeks um, And so I believe like They could call him up on the first that's, all, that's like a day game in New York I think they're just doing it to like Wait till they get back home type of a thing mm-hmm. um, With Kershaw He is supposed to throw a simulated game When the Dodgers are in Miami uh, this weekend and then after that if all goes well they're gonna activate him because he he's only only quote unquote only been out um, a little more than two weeks it's gonna be about I guess three weeks in between starts so he's not as like he's still fairly built up so we'll see how that sort of plays out and where they slot him in next week uh, if if he is in fact gonna join the rotation I would imagine if he like starts this weekend it's something like Thursday or Friday so and again that's already. Um, that's like August 31st or September 1st. So you're, you're basically looking at the same thing. Um, but that's, that's very, that's an interesting thing. And then after that, like they're right now, like it's weird. Like Edwin Rios is already the sort of odd man out on the position player side because they don't have room for him. They, his rehab ended. So they optioned him and he's in Oklahoma city. He's going to be, I would imagine he'll be the position player. They call up on September 1st. Um, now with the pitcher, so if you add Trinan and Kershaw to a staff that has 13, Phil Bickford seems like the obvious choice to get optioned uh, of, of of the group that's currently here, and so then you're at 14, and then but then they also have like uh, Yancy Almonte who hasn't started a rehab yet. He has elbow tightness. Uh, I, it seemed like he was going to be along soon, but it's I don't maybe he's having a setback. I'm not sure. Victor Gonzalez, like, uh, just started his rehab um, a little more than a week ago in Arizona with one game. He's already pitched a few games for Oklahoma City. Tommy Keenley, who was like uh, forgotten in a way, he just started a rehab on Wednesday night in Oklahoma City. So like he is at least there. Like you know he's he was out of sight, out of mind for a while. Same with Danny Duffy. He pitched in Arizona last week, but that there's a long way to go between Arizona and then like getting worked up back. So maybe one of the, if one of those other guys like are you, you are you going to like um like DFA David Price to like bring up Yenseel Monte or something or Victorians like there's going to be a there's going to be a very uncomfortable odd man out situation i would imagine at least one coming in september or october but as we talk about this anytime anytime we sort of talk about like well they're going to be back at full strength they they're really close to full strength Something always happens to make sure they're not at full strength. So you, it always solves itself. They have about six weeks left in the season, and I think that'll all work itself out. But it's, it is sort of all like um, to quote uh, Hannibal from the A team: a plan. He does love it when a plan comes together, and it seems like these are these are good problems to have. Like you're deciding between like potentially good uh, options, right? Like rather than. Oh man, we gotta we gotta fill the roster somehow. <laughs> you know, it, it beats that. So like, I think they're in a pretty good spot in that regard. Like for
0: yeah. for the playoff roster, is it the same um, roster stipulations as we've had most of this year? Knowing that it just so, started a year off a little differently,
1: I believe so. Um, there, I know la- the last two years have been weird because they've had like right. special dispensation for COVID. I was reading the rule book and it's it's like lawyer speak, so it's not. <laughs> do you just do this for clear. fun, by
0: the way? Do you just like Saturday as yeah, your yeah. crack I do. open well, the? No, there,
1: there, there's something because I, I just for, I want to get the exact wording right, and like even that you're like looking at it like, I think I know what that means, but I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. But no, it it I I ser- I think the wording reads as. <laughs> 26-man rosters for the postseason, or like the regular season, 26-man rosters, 13 a limit of 13 pitchers, which extends to the postseason. Uh, September is 28-man rosters with 14 pitchers. So I believe you can't carry more than 13 pitchers. Now, that said, um, even as pitching crazy as this sort of era is, I mean, I guess they would go 14 if they could but like on most I'm looking back like so um, what is it I guess on a normal division series because there's two off days that's when they usually carry uh, one less pitcher so in a normal situation in the postseason like you would think they could go 14 position players so like Edwin Rios you don't have to decide between Edwin Rios and Hanser Alberto for the postseason roster um, for the division series but then now if it's Um, there's no travel. There's no second travel day. You're going to need four starters for sure. You could see a scenario where they might carry 13 pitchers. And then for sure in the NLCS, because there's only one off day in a seven game series, including five days in a row, if it goes seven. So like, yeah, they're going to, I think they're going to carry the, whatever the full amount is. I think it's 13 but like, yeah, there, there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be some like difficult decisions coming, and we'll, we'll see how it sort of shakes out.
0: I still like the idea of you cracking open like the Bach rule and reading it as if it was Finnegan's no. Wake. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, so there's there, the, so there's there's like there's two different rule books, and I um, there's one that's like official rules that are like game rules, right? Like the, uh, like box and things like that, earned runs. Then there's the there's the CBA, which has a lot of stuff. Um, uh, like for instance, I just looked up something in the CV cause so the Wednesday game against the Brewers, um, had a scheduled start time of 6 PM on the dot, not six ten, not like six Oh five or whatever the normal oh, seven, where's my Oh like, yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah. Or seven, 10 or whatever. So I assumed, uh, because both the Brewers and Dodgers are off Thursday. Um, so that like it, it wouldn't have mattered. There's usually some, there's something in the CBA that there's like a, there's a matrix at the end that has like flight times between major league cities. And then there, there's the rule is something like, um, if, uh, so for instance, the, the, the flight time between LA and Milwaukee per the CBA, they, how they determine it is three hours, 29 minutes. So the rule is you subtract two and a half hours from that. So you're at 59 minutes now. And then, you subtract that from 7pm and that's the latest you could start a game uh, on a getaway day. Now, I, I had assume because they're both off tomorrow that that didn't matter but it actually says uh, even when the visiting team is traveling to a home off day which the Brewers are because they start a homestand Friday. So, the earliest the Wednesday game could have started was technically 6.01 or at least well. scheduled to start. <laughs> so, they started at 6pm but uh, famously like it did start at six oh six, the official <laughs> game time. So, uh, best laid plans, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that that was the reason. It was confusing because it was like it's kind of weird. Like, it, plus a lot of teams they just do day games, but like the Dodgers, are like screw that, I'm not doing a day game. But they've done some, but like, yeah, it's just it's just very weird. But uh, that's that's that. But then there's also the the major league rules, which has like uh, it, the really confusing stuff is waivers and, <laughs> and options options and. Uh, Which you to,
0: that, uh, to yeah. your credit you know because of your your weekly reading of the rule book you understand better than i think almost anyone i know so kudos yeah, to you for it, that
1: but it's but it's still like very it's still very confusing yeah
0: uh, no and, and you, and you like do I, you do a good job of coaching most of what you say is i think but you end up being right most of the time
1: yeah i i try to like i that's I, like i just try to keep on top of it like i think like Basically, chronicling like every transaction during the season is is good practice for that. And even like there's stuff I don't didn't really know. Like last year when um, oh, uh, hmm, Jeffrey Ramirez, uh, the pitcher who was in Oklahoma City, Dodgers called him up. He was out of options, and then they optioned him to the minors. And I was like, I don't know how this is possible. But <laughs> so uh, uh, there's a now there is a rule. There's a forty. It's like a forty-five day rule where a, any any player at all um, can be in the minors, and if they agree to it ahead of time, like he can agree to be optioned uh, within like the 45 days of getting called up. That's just how they're going to do it. So and that's what happened with Ramirez. I t- actually talked to his agent uh, regarding this, he sort of walked me through that. This happened years ago with uh, Sean Figgins, uh, but I thought there was a situation where uh, I can't remember if that it had to be at a certain point of the season. Or no, I thought it was, be- oh, Sean Pagan still had options left from like his, you know, younger days. He was a veteran by then. But like Jeffrey Ramirez was actually had options and he, the agent was like, no, he, uh, anyone can agree to it as long as they, as long as it's something they both agree to. So like that, that was eye opening for me. So that, But then I ended up writing about it and that was interesting because I had never seen that before. So it was pretty cool. Um, but
0: yeah, one yeah. of the things that you're uh, all I assume you've already done a lot of, of reading on it speaking of sort of, of, of Scheduling rules is the the new schedule came out
1: And it is weird um, <laughs> I, and, and not in a bad way. It's just like
0: yeah no, and one of the, So the the big thing is that every team plays every team um, at least yep. once for working for one series When be just one? we're just doing one game series now <laughs> it's <Ugh>. a <laughs>
1: It's a 29 game season, uh, <laughs> but you you only need like a few pitchers, so it's totally cool. No, um, yeah, it's uh the the schedule is the your the basic trade off is, um, about what is it 20? They're they're 24 um divisional games for uh 26 extra interleague games, and then they. They work out the balance by shaving a couple games off the other teams in your league, but outside of your division. So, you essentially, like if, for for the Dodgers, right? Instead of 19 games against every NL West team, it's going to be 13. So it's only two series instead of three um, in each place. And then for the other NL teams, there's 10 of those. Uh, they play one series at each spot uh, against each team. That ends up being 64 games. Some some teams are six, some teams are seven games. Um, and then interleague, uh, every team still has the quote-unquote natural rival. Dodgers and Angels are the obvious one. Um, there's a lot of them are obvious. There's some that aren't. I, I think yeah, the Braves. Some, I always
0: get surprised by some of them whenever I see what wait they're playing.
1: I, <laughs> I forget. The Braves, are like, split, I think. I think the Red Sox are, like, split with the... Braves and someone else I don't remember and then there's like there's not there's not always an obvious one no <laughs> but like but for so but Dodgers Angels so they play two two game series which is the are always the weird thing but then um, there's 14 other American League teams and they play those teams three games each and like and in in theory I don't know how this is going to work in practice but I, I don't know if it's actually set up for this but you you should that means every every um, every team like their home fans get to see, like, the Orioles every other year, right? Not that, like, it's always good to see there, but I think that <laughs> they're fun. sort of going for, like, widening the the, the base, right? Like, right. I, I think making it a more, like, what, like, national type uh, game. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's what I think they're trying. And, and it's also, it kind of sets the stage, I think, eventually for some sort of realignment, probably when they expand, like, add two teams or whatever. It'll make it easier by then because, I guess if you're, I don't know, but it's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out in practice. Like, um, but yeah, so but you you saw the Dodgers in Kansas City um, uh, a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, and then they're back next year. So like,
0: and and, and also just being able to, yeah, every other year, right? And I just get yeah. a, a and being able to bank on that is really nice because before is like, well, they're playing. Right the ale central and usually whenever it went it went back to they're playing the ale central it would swap who was visiting who wasn't but, but, but no, not all the time yeah but not all the time yeah. and so it was just always kind of a surprise so i i feel like there's some sort of like you know, <laughs> again, uh, essentially, did not watch baseball prior to the wildcard. and yet I, this old timey purism where I'm like, ah, yeah. the interleague was a mistake. Uh, uh, that you know, wishes that enjoyed that aspect of baseball compared to to other leagues. But another part of me is just like, there's so many, so many games, so many games. You might as well. Uh, it, it allows for more storylines to be created. Joe Davis gets to tell more interesting stories. You know, there's just a lot of good that comes with this. And so I think uh, it's overall a good thing, even if I have sort of some staunch if, stubbornness about it.
1: And, and if you look at it from another... So how the playoffs are currently set up with the three division winners, three wild cards. So at least in the, the case of the three wild cards, now under this schedule, I believe it's... Um, the it, outside of the division within your own league, every team plays a, a one, 129 common games, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the 45, uh, interleague games, there the 42 interleague games that are outside of the natural rival. The, um, uh, let's say 60 of the, of the league games, because so, some teams you play seven, some teams you play six, but every team plays at least six. So that's, that's at, uh, I already lost count. <laughs> no, that's at 102, and then uh, you have I guess. Oh, and then you go the six, the other four teams in the division. So you're looking at 24. So no, I guess that's one. What is that? 126, and I think that's up from like about a, around 100 or something. So uh, that's at least another sort of. It, it's it's a it's definitely a more balanced schedule. Now it now how that plays out in terms of like division, like you know. Like you said, I I get kind of tired of playing nineteen, seeing the like Rockies and Diamondbacks nineteen. I time, was thinking about this you know? and
0: that. Like, there's some ways where I think that's, I, I think it's probably overall a good thing, but there's somewhat of a. Uh, I I've always enjoyed getting to play the Giants. You know, a gazillion times. Right. I'll, but, but I'll but miss that.
1: But like, is it? It's one of those that trade, right? Is no, it, totally. And I
0: think it. Like, it, I think it's a good trade. Yeah. But
1: yeah, and, and and who knows how it's going to play out in practice? We might. It might get tired where they're like. Oh, God, you know, we got to play, you know, oh, the Tigers again. Who cares, right? Or somebody, who knows? Like, who knows how it's going to be? But, uh, like, my brother, for instance, lives in Baltimore. He was excited, like, um, about, I think they're there, Dodgers are there in July. So, talking about a potential, like, get-together there, too. So, like, who knows? Um, but it seems it seems like a fun thing. Um, we know uh, during next year's schedule that Max Muncie will be uh, at least under contract with the Dodgers and, and you know, hopefully still hitting. Um and well, Muncie Eric, now. Why did you
0: bring yeah. Muncie, uh, Muncie back up? Hmm. Hmm. Let
1: me think about this. Now that he's signed through 2023, he's the the shiny object in the room. Uh, through Tuesday, uh, uh, I broke this statue, statue of Max play. Muncie <laughs> before before Wednesday's game. Uh, we don't want to exclude the possibility of him doing something in Wednesday's game, but before through Tuesday, uh, he had played 581 games for the Dodgers. He had 134 home runs. I. Th- I don't have this part up. But I believe he is, um, uh, I think he's like 11th in the majors since he since the start of 2018 in home runs. So that's how how good he's been. But uh, in a 581 game span, only four Dodgers have hit more home runs than Muncie's 134. Name them. I didn't even say can you name it. I just,
0: I demand oh, that you name Oh, I will give you some names after this
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Name the four Dodgers who have hit more games in a fifth uh, 581 game span. A very specific, you know, it's yeah, I, know, I, I know, I know, uh, standard deviation. <laughs> Everyone of talks about like <laughs> players, um, player sitting... What's this 581 mark? 581. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, question for you: This is player games, not team games, correct?
1: Player games. Yeah. Okay. I, there's I. I don't know how – I couldn't figure out exactly how to look it up otherwise. Like, okay.
0: Yeah. Right. So I I've guess got... I,
1: I could have done in like a five-year span or something. And
0: there's four, so I'll do sort of standard three – I get three strikes rule.
1: Sure. Right. I will give – so in the weird way – so the way the span finder – like a lot – so if someone is like at the top, there's a good – and if they had like a long extended run, they're going to have like a bunch of spans that overlap only missing like a day or two here and there sure so so like i will just tell you so there's only four of these and to get to muncie's 134 where he's again he's there's only four players ahead of him it took uh it took 1041 different spans (laughs) to get to muncie just because of so much overlap like yeah that's interesting so, so yeah
0: yeah all right cody bellinger
1: no, so oh, man, um, I thought for look, sure with
0: the time that that he was I, who I, I had in mind when I asked player games.
1: I I actually uh, meant to look this up before because I he was in my head as well as like someone. is because he so just hit,
0: he just hit 150, right?
1: Yeah, 150. But he's also played in 711. Games. Oh wow, so more
0: like, more than I thought.
1: So, but like, th- so let's say through further 20, down the
0: season than I, that I realized, I think
1: through 2020, he was at. 123 through 506 games, and then and then he only hit 10 home runs last. Year. So la- so through uh, through last year he didn't get to 134. He was at 133 in 601 games. So mm-hmm. the the 581. The yeah, I guess I, I guess ma- I, f- I guess I had him
0: missing more of last year than he actually did. That that probably yeah. would account for for the difference. All right, well that's one yeah. strike.
1: But he, he was certainly in my head too. Like I kept thinking like he's got to be up here somewhere. Like but yeah,
0: uh, Mike Piazza.
1: Um, Piazza is number two. Uh, he had his 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 best span is 148 home runs.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Sean Green.
1: Uh no. Oh
0: no. Whoa, I'm gonna look. No. I, I am gonna look
1: something up while while I have you here. No, because um, I was gonna go, but that's fine. I'll stay. Oh no, no. <laughs> um, no, just about Sean because I I didn't think about I I know he had the two uh, big seasons, but like. So his, his big thing is, right, his, he had the 91 home runs in 01 and 02, but he had 24 the year before that and 19 the year after that. So, like, it it's tough to, like, although 581 is a lot of games. I don't, hmm, I guess I could look up what his biggest. You, you can keep guessing. I'll look up what his biggest okay. um, 580, classic 581. Yeah. Uh, I'm do- surprised baseball reference doesn't have a, a macro where you can just hit a button and it automatically yeah. searches for 581. But,
0: uh, um, I'm down to one strike. That disappointing me. I was for sure at least one of those teams. Anyways, uh, Duke Snyder. Duke Snyder
1: is the far and away number one. Uh, 169 home runs in his best 581 games. Now he he was the one you sort of had to go to because he had uh, five straight 40 home run seasons right. from 1953 to 57. So he's like all over the the span leaderboard. Like there's so many. Five hundred eighty-one game stretches. So Sean Green, his best five eighty-one was one hundred twenty-eight home runs. Oh, so he's okay. just, just behind. Right. That's
0: pretty dang close.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's not a, it's not a bad guess by any means. But
0: um, so you got whew, two more. Yeah, I know. Um, you want hints? I, I got one more. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take my shot. Uh, Campanella.
1: Yeah, he is tied for third with the other person. Um, one forty-one.
0: Okay, I will. A guest down. I'll take a hint. Um, the hmm, hmm. how do I wear this?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm looking something uh really quickly. I no, I'll just. It, I, I'm pretty sure it's right either way. Uh, <laughs> this other person was Roy Campanella's teammate for every year of Campanella's career.
0: Um. <laughs> Gilliam?
1: No, He didn't hit home runs. I don't
0: know. Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot. Naming Brooklyn players. Man, think, I just... Think,
1: think of Hall of Fame Brooklyn Dodgers who hit home runs. Gil that? Hodges. Yep. See? 141.
0: You almost threw me off there. I'm like, he's. A, I'm like, Gil Hodges in the Hall... Ho- oh, wait. I, oh, wait. Yeah, he is now.
1: I, I could have given you an easier hint, but no, I went with the obscure one because I'm evil. Oh, um,
0: that's, that's fine. I, why did uh, I... Hate? Oh, man.
1: Going off on a little bit of a different tack before we get into a certain segment, um, one of the things we talked about with like p- planning for like October and stuff is uh, Andrew Heaney has been like, you don't really know what you're going to get from him. He's been really good, mostly, but then also hasn't been really been stretched out, hasn't lasted very long in any of his starts since coming off the injured list. But uh, the game uh, that is currently going, as we're... Um, Recording, uh, He went six innings uh, through uh, 91 pitches and struck out 10, his longest outing of the season. So, like, yeah, uh, he's looking pretty good.
0: Speaking of pretty good, man. Oh, rough, rough, wow. rough. You know what? Oh, yeah. Better than pretty good. How about that? It's time for right. my favorite segment. It's time for.
1: With the internet.
0: We love him. Whenever there's a lot, a little to cover, transitions are always hard. It's been a, it's been a rough one today, but we've we've tried. Yeah. We've done our best effort. Yeah. But you know what? I have some trivia for you. Uh, after that, poor that's Jim right. Gillum guess that put me under pressure. Really, it's your fault as opposed to me just not knowing I, the hitting profile. I plan
1: on having some rough guesses as well. Hey, this, or... that's
0: pretty good. All right, uh, so I have to pull up the answers, but I'll give you the question before I do. Prior to Wednesday's games, Dodgers led the National League with 41 sacrifice flies. With that in mind, today's trivia questions are about the most productive of outs. <laughs> Since 1958, five players have more, <laughs> have more double-digit Dodger career sacrifice flies than home runs. As an example, Cesar Asturias hit nine career home runs a Dodger. He had 13 sacrifice flies. Can Eric name the five players who hit between 13 and 51 sacrifice flies, which were more than their double digit home run total as a Dodger?
1: Oh God. Um, (laughs) no, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that that's such a weird stat. Like, um, I, um, who hit sacrifice flies? Um, But not a lot of home runs. So I guess my first instinct on this was to go uh, Raphael for call.
0: Not on the list.
1: Yeah. And that's why I immediately shunned him and decided not to guess him. Um, No. um, uh, This is a weird question. Um, Let's go. (laughs) uh,
0: If you you go into that kind of. uh, If you lean more towards a not home run hitter profile i think will do well
1: i guess um, yeah someone who's played a lot but also didn't have a lot of okay so i guess if you go let's just knock off a few long ones um uh, bill russell
0: bill russell leads with 51 sacrifice flies and 46 home runs
1: um now this is going to be an odd one but and i'm not even sure if it's right but uh willie davis uh
0: not on the list uh maury wills 23 sacrifice flies 17 home runs
1: oh okay um so i, I i'm not guessing davy lopes but only because he had 28 home runs in 79 and i don't think he had a ton of dodger home runs total but like he's not i think he had more than 51 so like i'm not guessing him um but um so let's see hits guy uh or just you know not home run guy but rbi guy what about um west parker
0: nope all right i'm out all right I, yeah this is uh, so game. bill russell more brett butler mm. manny moda
1: nice all right
0: mickey hatcher the right. uh wh-
1: what's hatcher's total but like, 13 better?
0: sacrifice flies 12 home runs
1: oh man but two home runs in the world series
0: <laughs> uh the aforementioned Cesar tourists uh jose offerman alfredo griffin bobby valentine
1: bobby valentine nice all right
0: F- uh, five la dodgers have led or tied for league lead three deeply in the wild card slash jacob era two are not in, in the wild card can eric name these dodger run producers
1: um so i believe adrian gonzalez did it twice um you are correct
0: 14 and 13 um, let's see um, i will let you know one of those years he did tie oh no it's not a dodger so who cares uh he's tied zach cozart in uh 2013 yeah.
1: um and then um
0: well eric you think uh, eric caros not on the list uh just a, a note for for my sake this is always whenever like the Dodgers have, especially someone on third and, and and less than two outs. And I always think like, who would I? Who do I want in this spot? And I will note that the last wildcard card era player left on the on the list is who I frequently think of. Oh. Two players come to mind for me, but
1: oh god, okay. Um,
0: Hint: current Dodger. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, so Justin Turner?
0: Nope, he is the other name that I think of, though. <laughs>
1: oh. Um well now I'm confused. <laughs> uh these sacrifice flies questions are are troubling. Um so wait, tied for the lead in sacrifice flies. Um how? Um run around third, it's not him. Uh it's, it's not Hint, current dodger. He couldn't have played enough. Oh, last year Will Smith.
0: Yep, there you go. Yeah, well, and yes, last year he tied with Manny Machado with eleven.
1: Um, then okay, so now let's go back. I I cannot remember who led the league in, in uh, sacrifice You'll, flies.
0: Give, I'm going to give you the years: uh, okay. seventy-eight and seventy-three.
1: Um, is that is that? Those are the two I'm missing. It's not C-correct. one. It's not one player. Okay, uh, two different um, players,
0: and those are the, the years.
1: Okay, so 73. Um, 73. Uh, nope. Um, 78, Steve Garvey. Nope. <clears> Ronse. <throat> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take one more guess, and uh, that'll be it. Uh, yep. 73... I don't know why this doesn't even make sense, but I'm just going to say Joe Ferguson.
0: (laughs) You are correct, tied with Johnny Bench with ten and seventy-three, and then seventy-eight Reggie Smith with (sighs) thirteen.
2: All right, nice.
0: All right, very very excited for this next question because I get to say a fun word on the mound. Can Eric name the five opposing moundsmen? Nice. I, uh, Craig usually breaks out the the source words uh, when he has to refer to it twice. He didn't even bother; he went straight for it. Moundsmen, who have given up anywhere from eight to twelve career sacrifice flies to the Dodgers in the Wild Card slash Jacob era. So this is someone
1: with a lot of starts. So I think just because I think he's at like um, like nearing fifty starts, I'm just going to say Madison Bumgarner.
0: Uh, not uh, not even in my extended extended list um there are some wonderful uh, there's a yeah this is some chief when jacob got into baseball (laughs) names on um
1: oh god oh for some reason i was oh so this is this is the jacob era the 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 um i'm trying to think of
0: uh let's go jake Peavy. (laughs) uh i think you know that's a good guess but not not on the list Um, okay.
1: Um, (laughs) um, Kirk Reader? Uh, nope. Yeah, I'm just grasping at this point. Um, this is terrible. Um, (laughs) um, 2000, let's say three or four. Um, why can't I think of certain. Players then, um, Dustin Hermanson. Nope, man, you're whiffing. Yeah. I, 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 got yeah. I, got, I don't. This is this is like I'm not even like seeing the same words. It's like seeing hieroglyphics or something. I'm out.
0: All right, printing uh, my answer. Uh, Jason Schmidt with twelve. Uh, Yulise Shashin with ten. Sean Estes with ten. Uh. just
1: seeing I should have got.
0: Miguel Batista with nine. Jorge De
1: La Rosa should have been there,
0: too. (laughs) Uh, Jorge De La Rosso with six, but not eight. And then Russ Ortiz with eight. Ah, damn it. Well, that's so. Sorry. Wow. Complete space out on my part. But one more. One more wild card (laughs) error question. Five Dodger pitchers have given up more than 23 sacrifice fives in their Dodgers career. Yeah, you know, you're back to naming Dodgers. You can do this, Eric. Who are these pitchers that could not get an out without giving up a run? Uh, Ramon Martinez. Uh, with do, 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 he's on my uh, no, so he's on my extended list of eighteen.
1: You're a liar. Um, <laughs> let's see, um, Kershaw. Uh,
0: yes, with twenty nine. Um, <laughs> sorry, the leader of this list is very funny to me.
1: Uh, Chad Billingsley leads
0: with forty one sacrifice wow. flies in eleven hundred plus innings pitch. That's eleven hundred seventy five. It's
1: it's hard to throw when your entire uniform is filled with sweat. It um, <laughs> seemed to be brought up every single start by Rick Monday. Um, no, um, okay. Now I'm just again. I, I'm in grasp grasp mode here. Um, Jacob era uh let's go i so what kershaw was 29 that's not oh god um uh hideo nomo
0: uh yes giving you the exact uh, number now with 23 sacrifice flies so he was the the, mm-hmm. la- last, the last on this list, list. Yeah. fifth so, so you're missing so two more. names
1: uh, I, can I get years? I, I'm, I'm uh, so vibrating. I was going to
0: say part of a, uh, a famous international starting pitching lineup with with Hideo mm. Nomo. Okay,
1: so all right, so I was thinking about this, but then I guess so. Ishmael Valdez is the uh, with go-to. I think twenty-eight, and then um, the is the other one. Are, are the other ones also in the, that group? Yes. Oh, um, okay.
0: As known by me as the. Uh, The King Griffey Junior Baseball '64 starting pitchers. So you've guessed all but one for, and it's the one that's. So I
1: didn't, I didn't, I didn't think this. So I guess I'm going to go Darren Driver.
0: No, it is Chan Ho Park.
1: Oh, uh, I see. I don't know why I had to think. So in my head, I was forgetting like because the I think the year they actually named that. It was Tom Candiotti was the American. Mm. And for some reason, my my brain could not. I was like, he didn't pitch for the Dodgers long enough. So I'm like, no, I'll just go with Darren. I was thinking like American, American, American. And then like, oh, yeah, Channel Park. Like, of course. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Well, you did. uh, You did. You answered some of them. So that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I sacrificed (laughs) myself for the name of this podcast on this.
0: All right. Next question. <laughs> I, I, sorry, this is phrased as if it's a trivia question. Name the teams that will have ninety or less wins but still qualify for the postseason. This is the oh. uh, Nostradamus trivia question.
1: All right. So if we just, I'm pulling up the standings as we go here, uh, and like, so in the National League, right? There's there's only six or seven teams with a winning record. Milwaukee is one of them. They're the odd team looking out right now. They have uh, so right now. So uh, I believe I mean, I'm just going to look this up very quickly because I forgot the exact percentage, but I believe it's um, 556. Yeah, 556 is a 91 season. Um, only the Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, and Braves. Oh, and and the Phillies are at 556. So, um, so that means uh, potential. The so the final wild card is is could be like an 88, 89 win team. So. Um, Oh, so name the teams.
0: <laughs> Ugh. Uh,
1: let's say let's say Padres, um, and then go into the American League. Looking at the standings now,
0: I will I will note, and I had to do some right now. The AL Central leader, the the Guardians, have yeah. a worst well, on, record. Only
1: only the Yankees and Astros have a above ninety win pace in the American League. So <laughs> it's, it's like four al teams so (laughs) i think so it's like rays and and blue jays for like are in there seattle's in there i i'm gonna i think seattle breaks the drought this year so i'll say mariners and i will also say because they're leading the division i'll say guardians and then i will say rays
0: okay i'm gonna i'll go with a i'll go with three teams that's probably no. Yeah. That can't be right. Got to be more. No, I'll go with three. I'll go with three. I think that's probably wrong, but I don't want to have to think of port names. I'll sure. go with uh, the Mariners, the Brewers. I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe in the-, the Padres just being dysfunctional, apparently, uh, and uh, that, or I believe in the the hot streak that's coming and they're going to break ninety games. Yeah, one or the other. You <laughs> Padres fans, you can decide happen. which. Which I think. But uh, also, like
1: the Phillies could drop off and like not be ninety. So like that's yeah. that's another weird thing
0: that's oh man do i want to say the phillies too no no i'm gonna stick with mm-hmm. stick with my gut brewers mariners and guardians nice all right all right next question a lot of tabs open to get the, to get this right yep. does Pujols reach the 700 and or judge reach 62 home run marks also what will be more fun to track
1: um i think Pujols is more fun to track just where oh for sure i guess it's it's not fun if he's not hitting, but, like, he basically, like, he's getting, like, a standing ovation every time up because yeah. <laughs> he's retiring. So, that's that's cool. Um, but, like, he's on such a hot streak. So, since the All-Star – I wrote this down. Since the All-Star break before Wednesday, I don't – he didn't homer Wednesday, but eight home runs in, like, uh, yeah, I think 67 plate appearances now. And coming into Tuesday, he had a 1422 OPS since the All-Star break. It's crazy. He's currently at 693 homers. I didn't think he had a chance to get to 700. I – I don't think he gets there, um, but um, he he could very well, and I think he probably will pass a Rod, who's at 696 home runs in fourth place. So I think that's where I think Pujols ends up somewhere in between a Rod and 700. But it would be cool to see him get 700. Kind of where
0: I had in mind, but you know, maybe you know, could maybe he'll pull a little like. Come, like, August, September next year. He's like, you know what? I'm coming back. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> just...
1: He does, uh, he, he he's like, uh, uh, is he eligible for the postseason this year? Because they added him later or <laughs> something like that. Like, yeah. Um,
0: uh, yeah. I would cut. I, I, yeah, I think along with every other fan of baseball, rooting for that to happen. Definitely definitely hope he gets through. I mean, he really just needs, like, one more hot week, and then he should be able to do it. Uh, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully we get to see that.
1: Yeah, uh, He's basically, like, they're playing him right. Like, he's playing against lefties and, and killing them.
0: Now and obvi- I, think Judge, could... yeah, think, Judge I, I think Judge does do it, didn't to bring that up. Yeah, I also
1: think Judge does do it. Judge does do it. That's hard. Yeah, I think Judge does it. Um, I've judged so, that he has enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, nice. No one's made a pun about his last name before. I, I've also deemed that he does. Um, so, yeah, I saw something like John Heyman tweeted. I think it was yesterday. Uh, or I guess it was before Tuesday's game um where he's like oh, uh supreme court justice son uh, sotomayor is uh um is going to be at the game she's in the judges chambers or something like that i was like damn it like, <laughs> like I, I don't remember how he worded it. i wasn't like i was just like yeah all right if, he, if like, he was yeah, a dodger if, look, it would
0: be too easy for you right a little like oh yeah have no, to get that's it. the
1: thing you have to get like look i i'm not are you there's at that point? You're just making
0: esoteric Supreme Court justice jokes somehow. Like,
1: yeah, I have to like, like, yeah. There's some, there's obvious puns, and I, f- Lord knows I repeat so many of the dumbest jokes. But like, um, yeah, you, sometimes you gotta like, not not always go for the obvious one. And like, um, it's, it's, it's 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 a tough existence I lead, Jacob. that's all I, I'll say. No, uh, so he's I looked today. So he's at 48 home runs. Yankees have played 124 games, so he's on pace for 63. I do think he hits uh, gets to 62 at least. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> exciting.
0: The last time the Dodgers had three pitchers who qualified for the ER title and an ERA under three was in 1988 with Hershiser, Belcher, and Leary. Well, the Dodgers match that this year uh, with Urias, Anderson, and Gonsolin. Also, in the Jacob era, five relievers, including Evan Phillips, have pitched at least 49 innings with an ERA plus <laughs> over 300. Can oh, Phillips boy. join the below group?
1: Um, so the group he shared was Kenley Jansen in 2017 to 315. <laughs> 132 air. Hong Chi Kuo, Eric Gagne, both oh, of their 120 year. years. What a... um, yeah. Takashi Saito, of course. Wow. Um I mean no, he just cuz he's yeah. going to have like one game where he gives up two runs and then he'll end up with like a 165 ERA and you're like a loser. Like, and oh no, your ERA plus is only 273, you know, so yeah, I don't think he gets there.
0: Oh, he gets there. Yeah. It's 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 my lock of the week. Jacob is mean, saying big Evan Phillips will
1: not give up a run the rest of the season. That's <laughs> the Jacob Burt's promise.
0: Uh, The Dodgers will be in Miami this weekend. True. When I was there, I did have a Cuban sandwich, which leads to this week's question. The pressed sandwich, different than a smash burger, grilled cheese, or tuna melt. What are your thoughts on using a press or heavy pans to join the bread in these sandwich ingredients, encompassed into a compressed bite of deliciousness? It's a sandwich, therefore I am pro.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, you – it's it's just good. Like, (laughs) you know, there's not – like it uh it's hard to go wrong with that like a a good like a hot sandwich is really good um just about any way you prepare it like i i've done the thing where sometimes i will um just like heat up like uh, lunch meat or something or whatever in a pan and then just melt cheese over it like and then put it on like like regular or toasted bread. But like, if you do that and then throw it on like a panini grill or a foreman grill or something and just press it down and then you get the, like all of it together. Like that's a solid move. Um, Yeah. I love it. I I had to, I think I've, maybe I mentioned this before when I I was working in commercial real estate in San Diego, I had an office job in one of, one of the like local, um, it was like across the street, I guess. And, they would they would deliver like sandwiches, so sometimes we just would just order some stuff from there and they would bring it over. And um, I used to I used to order a tuna melt, but with no cheese because I, I didn't like the consistency of, of like cheese with tuna, mm-hmm. but I did like the hot sandwich (laughs) so that that was my go-to for that but what what are your thoughts on
0: uh yeah i love cubans Uh, i will say now and then they they can be a little too rich for me if i'm feeling in that particular mood uh but no if i'm in the mood for a good cuban is it oh man nothing is better nothing
1: yeah once again craig has made us hungry um it's time to go, I guess, eat a Cuban sandwich, you have a grilled cheese, have some sort of hot sandwich uh, somewhere, but be sure to eat it while you're listening to this. Although, since you've already listened to this, how about you rewind this after you eat your sandwich and then re-listen to it again. Or better yet, re-download it somewhere so it juices our stats a little <laughs> bit. But either way, thanks for listening, whether you do it once or twice, uh, that's fine. We will talk to you uh, next week.